When I was about 15, a girlfriend and I decided to hitchhike about a K or two up the road. We were honestly just being lazy. Stupid, I know. A youth pulled over and my girlfriend pushed me in so I was piggy in the middle. I honestly can't really remember that much of what the guy looked like. He was just your average middle-aged guy. As we got in though, he had started making weird comments that made us feel uneasy. The kind where you look at your girlfriend and make eye contact, as in saying we need to get the fuck out of here. So as he drove us up the road, I had turned around and then said, Hey, we'll just stop off here. That was when we got close to a complex that has a pub, a few takeaway places, and a big cinema. In other words, a well-populated area. Unfortunately, it was in the middle of the day, and there weren't many people around. Well, as we had hopped out of the car, this guy reached over and he grabbed my ass. We jumped out and then hurried off into the complex, trying not to look back. When we made it back to the corner where the cinema was, we went up the big stairs so we could still see the road. The youth was still sitting there, not moving. After about a minute or two as we're trying to decide what to do, a security guard walked past and had seen us. We must have looked really freaked out because he had followed our gaze to the car, then back at us, then asked us, Hey, how are you girls doing? Are you okay? We very shyly replied back that yeah, we're fine, obviously lying, which he could see right through. He then turned around and had started walking towards the ute, and he got about three-fourths of the way to the car before the bloke took off. My girlfriend and I haven't hitchhiked since. I truly believe that there's no such thing as a safe town. A few months ago, and I don't know why, but I agreed and decided to go with my friend Michael to a house party which he was attending during her first year of high school. Even though I wasn't invited, Michael was able to make some exceptions, and I accepted the invitation. Knowing that I wouldn't be able to drive, I had made a choice to go with Michael. When we arrived at the home late that night, Michael had told me to leave my phone in the car. He explained that maybe I could lose it or maybe someone I don't know could try and take it from me when I'm not looking. At first, I was confused. I simply nodded and we got out of the car. I then went with Michael into the home or backyard where the party was taking place. I glanced around the backyard and I saw people engaging in various activities, such as smoking, drinking, and possibly even doing drugs in small groups. Michael had encouraged me to go mingle and say hello to a few of the people there. After a few hours, I realized I had way too much to drink because my vision was completely foggy. After getting closer to the house, I leaned against the wall to support myself. As I did so, I noticed the time on my watch indicated that it was either midnight or one in the morning. I knew then that it was time to leave, so I had set out to find Michael and despite my overwhelming need to collapse, I had scanned the yard for him, but I was unable to locate him or even see him. When I'd asked a few of the others if they'd seen Michael, they all said that they hadn't. I had decided to call Michael to find out where the hell he was, so I reached inside my pocket to feel for my phone, but it wasn't there. I then cursed myself in the back of my mind because I realized that because I had left my phone in Michael's car, it had disappeared along with him. I realized there was only one way to get home now, which was walking, 
because I had remembered my house wasn't too far away from this house. But on this night, it was really chilly because it was fall. I thought about asking someone else to take me home, but I didn't really know anyone else that could help. So I just stuck with my idea of walking home in the darkness all by myself. Well, I then got to the road, and I had started stumbling or walking down the street, and I knew then that I had way too many drinks because I felt really lightheaded and dizzy. A few minutes later, I had made it to the main area of the street, and I just kept walking, and I had lazily started thinking about a bunch of different things, like why did Michael decide to leave me alone at the party? Or why did I decide to listen to Michael's idiotic idea of leaving my phone in his car so that I couldn't call him or anyone else for that matter? I started cursing myself for being so careless with my drinking, and even getting drunk in the first place, just knowing that I shouldn't have done that. I stopped walking on the side of the road because I was getting tired, and I crossed my arms over my chest tightly to keep myself warm. But then I remembered there was something I could do, which was hitchhiking. I then held out my arm and stuck out my thumb, hoping someone else could see me. I watched as a couple of cars drove past me. They wouldn't stop. And as the minutes ticked by, I had started feeling really uneasy, thinking I would have to start walking again. Now, it was past one in the morning at this point, and there were a few cars driving past me, but no one was stopping because they either didn't notice me or they just didn't care. I hesitated and I thought about walking home again, but I realized that in my drunken state, it would be too daunting. So I was still holding out my thumb when a gray truck pulled up and then stopped in front of me, and I then smiled as I stumbled towards the vehicle. The window rolled down, and an older-looking man with a beard asked me if I needed a ride. I told him yes, and then I told him where my house was before getting into the truck, feeling really grateful for the ride. As we had started driving down the road, the man had started trying to make small talk with me, asking what happened to me. However, I was way too disoriented to even have an actual conversation with him, so the only thing I could manage to say were low mumbles or just murmurs and groans. As we had turned the corner to my street away from the party, I had started feeling uneasy. For some reason, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was strange about this man. Suddenly, we drove past my house, and I had told the man that we had driven past it. I then felt my gut telling me to get out, but I couldn't because I was too drunk to move. I was just about to tell the man to let me out before we got way too far away from my house, when the man suddenly turned to me, and I then noticed that he had a very sinister look on his face. You know, you really shouldn't be drunk while hitchhiking, because you'd make a very easy target. The man said, smirking darkly. The man reached over and had started rubbing my leg, and I didn't know what the hell he was trying to do, but I knew that it probably wasn't anything good. But before he could do anything else to me, we both heard a loud siren behind the car, and then a flashing red and blue light flooded the night. I realized it was the police, and I jumped for joy on the inside. The man then panicked and stopped, then unlocking his doors, which had finally allowed me to jump out of the car. I ran as fast as I could in my mindset, and the police officer rushed over to me, and that's when I then told him the entire story about what happened to me. The police officer then told me his side of the story. He told me he was looking for someone in a gray truck who apparently stole something from the store. 
I'm not sure if it was the same man who picked me up or someone else, but I was really glad the police officer stopped that car. I then took the offer of getting taken back home from the police officer. When I finally got home, I decided that I wouldn't get so drunk that I couldn't think straight. I now know the importance of being responsible and staying aware of my surroundings, even when having a good time. My name is Cassidy. I had previously met with people through online apps, but then I deviated to just asking random strangers for rides whenever I wanted to go for a walk in the town, usually at night. I'm a girl, and I've never had another girl offer me a ride. It's always just men. Usually my nights are easygoing and people just take me where I need to go, no questions asked. A moment that particularly creeped me out was when I was 16, and I snuck out of my parents' house in December. The temperature was freezing. It was maybe 35 degrees Fahrenheit. I was shivering and wandering around in the dark, headed to a park. I know it's dumb since I wasn't even doing anything fun. It would have been more comfortable to stay in my bed, but as a young person, I was just really prone to making bad decisions. So as I'm walking... I realized it's way too cold for me to walk the whole mile that I wanted to go to the park. So I'd stuck my thumb out, and then a guy pulled over for me. At first, the guy seemed nice. I don't really care how a person looks if they're being kind enough to offer me a ride. I was really just happy to sit in a warm vehicle. He asked me where I wanted to go, and I showed him the directions to the park. He said that he was headed home from a party, and that he thought I was pretty. He smelled heavily of booze, so this made me a little worried, and I didn't want to tick him off because I know how drunk people can become upset if triggered. As we pulled up to the park, he grabs and squeezes my thigh, and then he asked if I wanted to hang out with him. I paused for a moment, and I could barely even look at his face. I was so shocked, especially when I didn't even hint to anything of being interested in him in that way. He tried to caress my face, but I couldn't stand to look at him. The fact that he was way older and drunk, well, it really made me want to leave and not stay any further. I tried to unlock the door, but it was locked, and I told him I didn't think it was a good idea to stay, as I was already at the destination that I chose. He then insisted that I was so beautiful, and that he's really a nice guy. This was the one time that I didn't bring any protection like a knife or anything on me. I would have rather froze outside than drove away with this creepy guy to his place, since I had no idea what his real intentions were. So that is what I did. I had to convince him that I really wanted to stay at the park, and then he unlocked the door, maybe realizing that I'm not even worth the trouble. I felt my heart beating so fast, and I then ran into the dark to see him drive away which did make me feel so much safer. I took a nap on the cold, damp grass, trying to stay as warm as I could. Once I felt good enough to walk, I had flagged down another car to give me a ride that same night, and this man asked if I wanted to make money. I think we all know how that sounds, so I immediately said no, and that was the end of our convo, and he took me home. I know it sounds crazy to put myself in a situation like that, where it's really cold and asking for rides for men, but I still continued to do so in the same wintry conditions years later. I usually got lucky, 
The most I would get were just compliments of older men saying I look pretty. But then I leave, and I'm usually glad that I leave before anything weird happens. But to the creepy guy grabbing my leg, I really hope that you stopped grabbing strangers' thighs just because they asked you for a ride. This occurred in 2009 when I was 20 years old, and I was leaving my home state of California to head east for my corrections job. I was driving down the loneliest highway portion of the route, and it was about 3 a.m. on a Sunday. They don't call it the loneliest highway for nothing. I hadn't seen another soul for at least half an hour. I was getting sleepy, but I wasn't tired enough to pull over and take a nap. That's when I saw a broken down car on the side of the highway. I slowed and saw a woman standing next to the car. I approached this woman with caution, rolling down my window just a sliver. Something about her just wasn't right. I couldn't put my finger on it then, but I know now it was my subconscious screaming red flag, red flag. I asked her if she needed me to call her a tow truck or AAA for her, and she immediately tried to open my door. I then explained to her that I didn't feel comfortable letting her inside, but that I'd wait until a tow truck came. She then immediately got this look of rage on her face, and she started berating me. Come on, you're a big man. What am I going to do to you? Then she started saying I was cruel for not letting her in. This is where I fucked up. I can see this now ten years later. I begrudgingly unlocked my door, figuring she's right. She's at most 5'2", and I'm over 6 feet and have 100 pounds over her. She looked to be about 90 pounds or so. She then slips in, and I ask her who I can call. This was 10 years ago, so I had a little Blackberry slide, I think, at the time. She then starts telling me that she'd prefer I just give her a ride to the next town. Now I'm starting to realize I done fucked up because she's avoiding eye contact, and she's fumbling in her purse. And then when I mention calling for help, she's getting very aggressive, demanding I take her to the next town. I was so busy trying to unfuck this situation that somehow I'd missed a man who was either hiding in or near her car. It wasn't until he was almost to my driver's side door that I managed to catch him in my rearview mirror. Flight or fight kicked in right there. I put my car on drive and speed off right as this fucker was reaching for my car door. I then sped off and heard a pinging noise, and then my rearview mirror fucking exploding. He was shooting at me. The adrenaline alone had me doing near 90, and by this time, homegirl realized in whatever drug-induced stupor she was in that her little plan was futile. She started hitting me, telling me to stop and let her out. When I reached enough of a distance, I did just that, pulled over and demanded she got the fuck out. She started going for the oversized purse she had, but I had enough. I was literally shaking with adrenaline. I reached over, opened the door, and pretty much shoved this bitch out. I tried grabbing her purse, but she had managed to hold on to it, but not before dumping half of what was in there on my passenger seat. I then sped off with my door still wide open. I waited until I got a good distance from her, then slammed it shut and locked it. I clenched the wheel and drove as if I was on autopilot. It wasn't until later that morning that I pulled into a Denny's did I realize how close I was to pretty much dying. I had a pretty good cry, and I then realized that a bunch of her things spilled onto my passenger seat. 
Most of it was nasty wadded up napkins, a few tubes of lipstick, and drug paraphernalia. I had considered calling the cops for finding a highway patrol officer. I did do something stupid. I tossed all of her things that had fallen into a trash bag and then threw them away. At the time, I had really dreamed of becoming a cop, and I knew if I got caught with drug paraphernalia, that would be impossible. I didn't think they'd believe me that the drug paraphernalia wasn't mine. I had noticed a cop at the gas station from the Denny's, and I told him what happened. He pretty much berated me for pulling over and letting her in. He did say he'd look into it, but I doubt he did. I was so shaken up that I pretty much just picked up my pancakes, then left to continue on my way. I never did replace that mirror. I ended up just selling my car as where I had moved to didn't require me to have one. Even to this day, years later, I hesitate to stop and help stranded motorists. And honestly, you should too. So a little background here. My father was in the army for 21 years, retired and moved to a very small town in central Florida. He got bored after a couple of years, and even though we didn't need the money between his retirement and what my mom was making as a bookkeeper and tax prep, he wanted to go back to work. He had started working at various gas stations, and it being a small town, the owners wouldn't care if I came there and helped him out with stocking the coolers, or even running the register, just so long as I didn't sell any beer or smokes. This all took place in the late 80s and early 90s. The actual story I'm going to tell took place in 1990, and I remember the date well, because it was shortly after my birthday, and being 15 in Florida, I had just gotten my learner's permit, and my dad would let me drive him to and from work, just to get some experience on the road, both day and at night. I was sitting in my usual spot at a table that was set up along the windows, book in hand, feet propped up, and a Mountain Dew on the table along with some snacks. I would generally spend most of that evening that way, reading books and getting up to run the register and stock the cooler at different times. I remember glancing up because something caught my attention that was unusual, and I realized that a lady was walking up our parking lot from the direction of the interstate. The gas station was right on I-75. This in itself was really strange, because of where we were located, you didn't get many people walking, and definitely not walking from the direction of the interstate. I figured she had broken down somewhere and was coming to use the phone to call for a tow truck or something. I was completely wrong. She came into the store, looked around for a few minutes, and I remember just getting a strange and creepy feeling about her. She walked up to the counter and had started telling my dad a story about how she had gotten stranded and how she had needed a ride up to the next big town north from us. Ocala was the town. This is important. My dad lets her know that he's working, and there's really no way that he can take her. She turns and looks at me, and while she's looking away from him, my dad catches my eye and then subtly shakes his head no. I was confused for a second, but then she turns back to my dad and points at me, asking if I can take her. My dad responded back that I only had a learner's permit and that I wouldn't be able to drive her anywhere and then drive back. Normally, I would have done it, even though it was illegal, because I'd done it a few times before already. 
but I didn't argue with my dad since this was completely out of character for him. He was normally very chatty with customers, but for whatever reason, he was almost curt and dismissive of her. Turns out he had a bad vibe about her from the minute he had seen her walking up the drive. Well, she cusses him out for a minute, and he basically tells her to get the hell out of the store. She then slammed the door open. I thought the glass was going to break from just how hard she had slammed it, but then she walks out of the store and down the driveway. I keep an eye on her and continue to watch as she makes her way up to the interstate and then starts up the northbound on-ramp. Almost a year passes, and I'm in my bedroom less than a week before my 16th birthday. I can hear my dad yelling from the living room, Son, get your ass in here! Look at this! I then quickly run to the living room to see my dad pointing at the TV, and I look at the mugshot of the lady up on the screen, and I immediately remember the lady who had been in the store. Well, turns out I almost gave a car ride to Aileen Warnos, who was later convicted of being a serial killer and then later being put to death. I still have nightmares about what could have happened to me to this day. It really gives me the creeps. I had never been a fan of night driving, and this night in question was no exception. I was only 16 and I had recently earned my driver's license. My parents had fully trusted me enough to drive alone, but the darkness that shrouded the world beyond my car's headlights still terrified me. I was on my way home from a late night study session with my friends Sarah and Mike. The rural road I was driving on was enveloped by tall gnarled trees that seemed to reach out for me, their branches casting eerie elongated shadows on the asphalt. This night felt suffocating and I turned up the volume of my radio to try and distract myself from the fear that threatened to grip me. The road ahead seemed endless, and the darkness played tricks on my eyes. I had swore that I saw movement at the edge of my vision, figures lurking in the shadows. Panic clawed at me, but I told myself it was just my imagination. Suddenly my headlights caught a figure on the side of the road, hitchhiking. I slammed on the brakes my heart pounding in my chest. The person was just a silhouette in the darkness, their thumb outstretched, asking for a ride. Fear gripped me, but I couldn't just leave someone stranded in the middle of nowhere. I then cautiously rolled down my window and asked, Hey, are you okay? The stranger stepped closer, and as the faint light from the car's interior revealed their face, I gasped. It was a woman, her features twisted in a grotesque smile that was anything but human. Her eyes glowed with an unnatural otherworldly light, and her skin was deathly pale. Can you give me a ride, sweetheart? Her voice sent chills down my spine, a haunting whisper that seemed to come from the grave. I fumbled for the door locks, then hit the gas, leaving her standing in the rearview mirror. My heart raced as I sped down the road, haunted by the image of that terrifying-looking woman. I finally reached the safety of my well-lit suburban neighborhood, and my trembling hands reached for my phone to call my parents. My voice shook as I recounted the encounter with the eerie hitchhiker. My mom's voice trembled as she spoke. Oh, honey, you're not the first one to see her. The locals call her the Midnight Spectre. She's said to be a restless spirit who seeks a ride to escape the darkness. 
People say that she only appears to those who drive alone at night. My blood ran cold as I remembered the woman's ghastly face. I parked my car in the driveway, vowing to never drive alone at night on that road ever again. That encounter had forever changed me, and the darkness of that night held secrets that I never wanted to uncover. So yeah, I won't be going on that road ever again at night. Hey everyone, that's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.